0: Well, good morning, everyone. It is good to see y'all. Welcome. Glad y'all are here. We're looking forward to our time together this morning. Uh, Today, can you believe it? It is the uh, 46th day of the year. Moving right along, aren't we? And so, um, as uh, is our custom sometimes, uh, we read uh, the Psalm of the... uh, of the day, and so we will read from Psalm 46, hoping to get our hearts in a good place to hear from the Lord today, and uh, for us to spend a day uh, remaining connected to Him, and being used of Him to bless the world, so uh, Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble, therefore we will not fear Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. Amen.
1: We are in the full revolt. Oh, there we go. All right. We're in the full revolt, the revolution. In chapter 16, 2 Samuel, David has fled for his life, taking with him his mercenary corps. And you heard about some of the, I think, shenanigans last week uh, with people uh, giving. David a fond farewell. <laughs> so now we're going to pick up with Absalom trying to take control of the capital. And as we read through this, keep in mind, Absalom is not necessarily a hero himself. Uh, he's, he's a questionable character. So this isn't a matter of, well, God likes one side and he doesn't like the other side. It's everybody's making kind of a hot, hot mess of things. But when you're gone who will your child listen to? I mean think about it in life who have you taught them to listen to? I don't care who you are you don't have all the answers so you do have to rely on advice sometimes. So who will your kids go to? And have you had a hand in that, or is it just haphazard? You know, their friends or someone they like on television. I mean, it's kind of humbling to think about how poorly David has prepared Absalom to be king. And this is the heir to the throne. And, of course, training as a king has been so down on the list, it hasn't mattered. I mean, David won't even talk to Absalom about anything, so we're not surprised. But this, this chapter is, is hard. It's, it's humbling. I mean, sometimes I think I just teach my son to listen to me, which is bad. Because um, one day I won't be there. And I don't always give the best advice anyway. And then I think sometimes I teach him to listen to, like, Fox News or, you know, Conservative, uh, which is fine, but again, that's not quite the, the direction that life will always go. So let's walk through Absalom as he tries to navigate being king, and he tries to figure out who to listen to. This gets a little soap opera ish, but we'll try to. We'll try to keep the name straight. So let's pick up in verse 15. Verse 15, chapter 16. Meanwhile, Absalom and his men arrived at Jerusalem, accompanied by Ahithophel. So this is one of David's advisors. By all accounts, a very competent advisor. So he's been with Absalom and probably had a part in orchestrating all of this. When David's friend Hushai, the archite, arrived, he went immediately to see Absalom. So this Hushai is the other counselor, and it's going to be a battle between these two, Ahithophel and Hushai. Exactly. Hushai is actually a plant from David, and so he's still loyal to David, and he's trying to... uh, sabotage everything that Absalom's going to try to do. So we'll see if Absalom can figure it out. Significantly is this uh, moniker they give him that he's an archite. Uh, I won't bore you with all the tribal details, but it means he's a northerner. Which remember, for David's family, this is an important qualification. Because in the south, David is popular in Judah, but he is not in the north. And so much of the steam, the push, the energy behind this revolt has been Northerners. So it would be natural that Absalom maybe would lean towards Hushai. But we have this little exchange. So Hushai goes to the king, or Absalom, immediately and says, Long live the king. He exclaimed, Long live the king. Is this the way you treat your friend David? Absalom asked him, Why aren't you with him? Good question. If a guy is going to betray your dad, he's somewhat likely to betray you. I'm here because I work for the man who is chosen by the Lord and by Israel. So we drop God's name. It's hard to argue with that. And it's important that he uses the title Israel. So the north or the unified country and anyway why should not I serve you I helped your father now I will help you does that sound convincing is this a guy you would listen to advice from (laughs) it's true come on (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna go downhill quick sexual politics it's always great but Hopefully this leaves you kind of doubting. I don't know what this guy's really bringing to the table other than he's, at best, someone that uh, watches the way the wind blows and goes with that. He's he's not a man of deep conviction. So verse 20, Kurt's favorite part, Then Absalom turned to Haithophel, which is his... Probably better advisor. What should I do next? Ahithophel told him, Go and sleep with your father's concubines, for he has left them to keep the house. Then all of Israel will know that you have insulted him beyond hope of reconciliation, and they will give you their support. So they set up a tent on the palace roof, well, that's nice, where everyone could see it. And Absalom went into the tent Uh, with his father's concubines. Really? Really? (sighs) You know, we did VBS's for so many years, and they did The Life of David, the hero, the king. Um, unfortunately, this was left off of the skits that we could have done for VPS, right? <laughs> St- Steve and I giggle. You know, they say, they don't present the biblical David. <laughs> yeah, you know why? <laughs> uh, because it's kind of a horror story. But I still think it would make a great miniseries. I mean, like Game of Thrones or something like that. It's got all the raunchy that you could ever want. Well, exactly. I mean, <laughs> uh
0: the bell red sheep is
1: yep yep, and and take take one step. Uh, I know your twisted mind can get there, Kurt. Where where was this tent set up on the roof? On the roof, yeah. I remember. They wrote a song about that. Really?
0: Up on the roof. Oh come on, youngsters. Oh wow. No, I don't know the song. Please sing it for us. Oh, negative. Negative. Come on. <laughs> I don't do acapella. At least I don't do it well.
1: <laughs> so yeah, you guys are you're getting really good at this. This is uh, exactly where the scripture wants us to go. Um, in a sense, he's walking down the the sexual sin path that his father did, and without any counsel from his dad of you know that was a really bad idea. You know, what happened in this roof, son? Let me tell you, it's horrible. Now, I can't even begin. And you guys know how wrong this was. Um, Generally, try not to have sexual relations with who your parents have had sexual relations. (laughs) Just saying. Uh, It's like terrible on so many levels. I think one degree here... uh, Haithophel is trying to ensure that Absalom won't backtrack, that he won't make some sort of compromise with his dad. You know, we're sort of compor- we're, we're crossing the Rubicon here. Uh, you cannot go back after you slept with dad's concubines. Uh, mm. Although with David, you never know. I think it also is trying to play into the sense that the North doesn't like David. And so this kind of insult um, to David would show them that Absalom is is full in. But by any stretch of the imagination, is this shocking? Well, maybe maybe after we've read all this to David, but I think for the kingdom, you know, the, the, you go by the palace, and right, it's designed to be the biggest, most grand. Everybody looks at it. Everybody sees it. Hey, what's the tent going? On? Oh Lord, how long has he been in there? Oh, uh, nobody's proud of this. One of the things that's a theme of this chapter is that you don't humiliate a Hebrew man in public. Um, I'll I'll give you the. The, the, sort of the shock and all this, uh, Haithophel is going to commit suicide before the chapter's over just because he's humiliated in public. So I think all men have a hang-up about it, uh, but Hebrew men especially. Uh, if you sort of violate their virility, you violate who they see themselves as men, um, they're a bit like the Japanese, and they'll kill themselves. Uh, Absalom has been advised, and he's done it in public. So the poor kid and I don't know how old he is, I should look that up, but um, you know, he's got one spy, and then he's got a guy that's probably not just giving him him uh, the best advice. So we continue on in verse 23. Absalom followed Ahithophel's advice just as David had done. For every word, Ahithophel spoke seemed as wise as though it had come directly from the mouth of God. And so I think script, do what?
0: It's a strange verse. It is. Well, so, so just ponder that for a second. Yeah. So what what does that do to your soul whenever you just read that? I, especially reading what we just read. What, so what is your soul telling you, man? Cringy. Cringy. It's like... They have, they, have, they have strayed so far from God from, from responding and recognizing to the presence of God in their lives that the exact opposite of what God would call them to do is being done, okay. right? I mean, you, you kind of... You you y'all have already picked up on the connection back with Bathsheba, all right? Remember the connection that we made with the whole situation with uh, David and Bathsheba, what we also connected that to? Remember... David saw Bathsheba. He was on the roof. He saw her and then he did what? He took her. Who else did that? That would be Adam and Eve. Eve saw the fruit was good for food and pleasing to the eye and so she took it. And what did God say that was going to do to you if you did that? It was going to kill you. No it's not going to kill me right and you know as as, it, as you kind of make your way through the rest of Genesis three uh, uh, God says to uh, the woman, "Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you earlier in Genesis who was to rule over who the male and the female were to rule over the animals, right? And now the male is going to treat the woman like an animal. Does it kind of look animalistic here a little bit, Kurt? No, for sure. Yeah. It's just the the these the, the women here in the story uh, talk about being objectified and used for political ends. And then, oh, it's the will of God. It's dark, really dark.
1: Oh, i no. Absalom's the king. But he, he didn't know the difference between right and wrong, Right. right. He to an idiot. Yep. Do you think David always listened to this guy? David doesn't listen to anybody. He barely listens to God. <laughs> and so this guy's got Absalom's ear. So again, Scripture's doing what it does, and thank you guys for noticing it. That is trying to lead you to a question. What do you teach your kids to listen to? Or who do you teach your kids to listen to? The answer is that, and you picked up on how strangely this is worded, he should have taught his son to listen to God. But he's not. He's listening to these yahoos who, at best, have their own agendas. At worst, one of them is a full-on spy, a turncoat. So Absalom is floundering, and it's going to get worse in chapter 17. Um, He never would have made it as king at all. And he had, say what you will about David, but David was a political survivor. I mean, he could have taught his son how how to stay on the throne.
0: Are you saying that Absalom could have become the first king where the Bible
1: says? Yeah. <laughs> he, well, I, I, I think David gets that moniker too. I mean, <clears throat>
0: but
1: it's not printed. It's not printed. Um, it is with Solomon, um, who is a little better than I think Absalom would have been.
0: Kurt, I, I really want to challenge you that, that and, and that's the work that we're doing just while we're pondering these questions here. It does have to say it. In a it, it, it no it's it's not it's like how these how these books are like put together. it's like it doesn't say that David's being a, being an idiot and not following the will of God. You just have to see it. I mean it says that was how both David and Absalom and, and Absalom regarded it so this guy's not giving great advice at all. It's like totally contrary to the will of God, and yet they're so far removed from that connection with God that they, they they're allowing themselves to be deceived.
1: Yeah. So, chapter seventeen, we get into military stuff, which I like. I like the strategy. I like the fighting. So, put yourself in Absalom's position for a minute. Your dad is running. He's going east and then he's going to go south. You know he did this once before when he was in trouble with Saul. He went into the southern deserts where he has popular support from the Judean tribes and he kind of hangs out there as a a rebel. He's taken with him his 600 men and he picked up, remember, at the last minute another 600 more Philistine mercenaries. So he's got a hardcore tough group of of fighting men, about 1,200. You, now as king, can call on the national army. And so you can hit David quickly. You can probably get a couple thousand. In fact, he can get 12,000 recruited soldiers quickly and try to take out David. Or you can wait and get the whole army, which at least would be I mean, I'd, at max, maybe a hundred thousand. Um, it certainly tens of tens of thousands of troops. So, how how would you get David? Do you try to take him quickly, or do you marshal your resources?
0: I shouldn't go here, so just forgive me for going here. But David had hundreds of concubines, right? Yes. How long did that take? <laughs> <laughs> they can't go it really the next day. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, David didn't leave all the goods behind, he only left the ones to take care of uh, the, the housekeeping. So I- I'm sure with a vigorous afternoon, he was able to do the deeds. So. <laughs> with plenty of oysters. and <laughs> So what, what would you do? Would you try to get him quick or would you be careful?
0: Logic says quick. Everything we've read up till now says be careful
1: because David's cracked. Yeah. You know your old man. He may write some sweet psalms, but he is he is a tough, tough old fighter. Um, to kill David uh, would be no small thing. Intellectually you think that either way you should have sufficient numbers to enter into it, but I can see the hesitation on the way because of his reputation of his military mind as you're going in. Yeah. Full-time mercenaries that, uh, and we talk about this a lot, you know, have iron weapons. Uh, no formation tactics are always going to intimidate farmers with bronze weapons. But at some point, numbers have to win out. And isn't that the big military question throughout history? You know, what what is better, quality or quantity? You know, to chase a rabbit for a second, it's. It's interesting to look back at World War II and how we won the war. Did we have quality or did we have quantity? We had quantity. We did. It's kind of terrible. Our tanks were terrible. I mean, we just threw stuff at them. And the Germans totally went the other way, right? They had the best of the best, but they didn't have many of them. And so we overwhelmed them. But now we look at our relationship with China. We have the quality. And I do believe we have an incredible army but China has the quantity. So, oof, stuff that worries me. But, back to Scripture, chapter 17. Now, Hithophel urged Absalom, let me choose 12,000 men to start out after David tonight. So the advisor says, I can get us 12,000. We assume that he's choosing, he's trying to pick the more loyal, maybe a little bit better. But before David can get to ground, he can go into hiding, But whatever, let's let's deal with this quickly. I will catch up with him while he was weary and discouraged. He and his troops will panic, I doubt that, and everyone will run away. Then I will kill only the king. I will bring all his people back to you as a bride returns to her husband. After all, It is only this man's life that we seek. Then all the people will remain unharmed and peaceful. The plan seemed good to Absalom and to all the other leaders of Israel. Yeah, yeah. You know, if poor old uh, Absalom had had a Joab, this really could have been taken care of, right? Uh, that's David would have just said, let me just send the assassin and see if I can if I can kill him before I have to send the armies out there. But it's it's not it's not happening. So that's one option we have. Verse 5. But then Absalom said, Bring in Hushai the archite. Let's see what he thinks about this. And I think this is probably the only wise decision Absalom ever makes in his rule. At least he's listening to A couple of different voices. When Hushai arrived, Absalom told him what Ahithophel had said. Then he asked, what is your opinion? Should we follow Ahithophel's advice? If not, speak up. Well, and just Hushai comes across as so slimy. You know, he's always, well, that's kind (laughs) of... This time I think Ahithophel has made a mistake. You know your father and his men. These are mighty warriors. And this is the great phrase, the mighty men of David. Um, a, a church I was part of for a while it was crazy. But they had a men's group, and they called themselves the mighty men of David. <laughs> and I was like, you have no idea what that means, okay? It's like you're a motorcycle gang. Um, the mighty men of David. Right now they are probably as enraged as a mother bear who has been robbed of her cubs. um, Which is a reference to the concubines if you don't get that. And remember that your father is an experienced soldier. He won't be spending the night among his troops. He is probably already hidden in some pit or cave. Which is pretty good. Because remember, where does David hide from Saul? Pits and caves. (laughs) You know. He doesn't sleep in the middle of the, the camp in the big conspicuous tent, right? And David sleeps in an unmarked location, uh, not necessarily with his troops. And when he comes out and attacks, and only a few of your men fall, there will be a panic among your troops, and everyone will start shouting that your men are being slaughtered. Then even the bravest of them, though they have the heart of a lion, will be paralyzed with fear. For all Israel knows what a mighty man your father is and how courageous his warriors are. I suggest that you mobilize the entire army of Israel. Bring them from as far as Dan and Beersheba. So it's the north, Dan is the spring in the north. The northern border and Beersheba is sort of the last habitable place in the south. That way you will have an army as numerous as the sands on the seashore. And I think that you should personally lead the troops. When we find David, we can descend on him like the dew that falls to the ground so that none of his men are left alive. And if David has escaped into some city, you have the entire army of Israel there at your command. Then, we can take ropes and drag the walls of the city into the nearest valley until every stone is torn down. Well, what do you like? Quick or careful? Sounds like a that matters. Yeah.
0: This one seems a lot less scatterbrained than the last one. Yeah. I don't recall film having ever been anointed. He wasn't. And so I don't think his plan gets to work no matter what he does.
1: Yeah. And it's certainly not going to get the blessing. And you'll see God's sort of condemnation in a minute. Um, Because in all of this, Absalom is talking to advisors. He's talking to traders. He probably is thinking, what would my dad do? What did my dad do? It never occurs to him to ask the priests or to ask God. Who do you teach your kids to listen to? At the end of the day, the best you can do, and it's hard. It's it's really hard. Teach your kids to listen to God. I'm not there. (laughs) My poor son, you know, he's grown up a PK, pastor's kid. Um, goes to church all the time. And then goes to a Church of Christ school where they have chapel every day. And so, man, he gets he gets the Bible up and down and right and left. But it's still hard to instill in him that qu- the quiet, still voice. And you all know, with all of our kids, ultimately, they're going to make their own choices. But... Let's give them the best of our example. Again, David just flows with the Psalms about how God is his refuge, his place. He turns. That did not wash off on Absalom. He didn't really see his dad. All right, I've got two different opinions here. I'm going to go and spend a night and ask the Lord. I've got the ark here in Jerusalem. I'm going to go to it. I've got the ephod. I've got the priests who are certainly loyal to David. So that would have caught him. But um, it just never occurs to him. Yeah. We're good. So we'll we'll call it here. Um, We'll see which one they're going to do. Questions? Do
0: you think Absalom just doesn't get the God part? Or do you think he never had it?
1: That's a great question. David was
0: such a, for lack of a better word, pathetic father.
1: Yeah, probably yes, yeah. Um, David doesn't talk to him about anything. And so even the spiritual things are not there. Um, It's really hard to sometimes read Absalom. He's not, I think, the brightest light in the harbor. and the, he doesn't make decisions easily, and the ones he does, he makes poorly. Um, now again, like our kids, he's making his choice, but dad didn't help. He doesn't say, I mean, Hishai is quoting more about dad than Absalon, and that's, that's bad. Hishai
0: so. trying to help David by giving this advice? Yeah. So he wants him to go with that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, Hishai is trying to give David more time because it'll take a while to get that whole army together, and that that really is the trick. If they had followed Ahithophel, um, they probably it would have made it harder for David. It it would have would have done it. But um, the thing that happened is. And again, Absalom has no experience with this, right? You have two counselors. These are important men, connected, family. And so you're asking for their advice. And you're doing this in a very public way. That's a mistake. Because you're going to upset one no matter what. And so what happens is he's now humiliated. He'll take... Well, I should stop. We'll we'll just get to next week. So what am I doing? Who do you teach your kids to listen to? Let's pray. Father our God, we've got full days. Lots of things we've got to do today. And we know we're going to get advice from all sorts of quarters. People that talk to us, and people that talk to us on phones and news and and business, and it'll just seem never-ending. We pause for a minute this morning to remind ourselves that we need to listen to you. What we do today matters. Who we choose to be How we get done, what we do matters to You. We are kings in our own little world, Lord. Worlds that You've given to us. Our kids, our people, rely on the choices that we make. So help us, Father, to seek good counsel, but always run it through You. Help us today to practice that listening to You Help us to feel our soul inside of our body. Help us to pay attention to it. When we have to do something that turns our stomach, may we stop and ask, why do I feel this way? What, What is my soul? What are you trying to say? And Father, we pray when we get nervous, we get scared, we feel overwhelmed, we might also feel our soul being strengthened. That as the sun sets on us today, You will have been with us. And that we, walking in Your will, can accomplish incredible things if we'll be who we're meant to be with You. Help us. In Your Son's name we pray. Amen.
0: Going to Fort Worth today for uh, through Sunday. Yeah the Fort Yeah. Uh, what is what is the name?